Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dats What She Said podcast. My name is Alexa Dat. I will be your host. I'm here with producer Kyle. And today we are at Studio 54 in the lovely Midtown Studios. We have a little bit of a spring cleaning to do on this podcast today. We don't have a guest, although we do have some audio from a guest from a podcast back in the spring, which we will play for you, which will be interesting. But we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs versus Game of Thrones. We're going to talk about the NHL playoffs and how I now understand what it's like to not be a fan of sports, which I've never understood in my life, but I understood it last night. We'll talk about that. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of show therapy. So let's get into the show therapy first, because there's some things that I feel like Kyle and I need to clear the air. And we haven't talked about this off the air yet. I was sitting in a restaurant with Peter, and I was kind of bitching about some stuff that Kyle had texted me. And Peter said, talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to get into like petty stuff. That's kind of annoying. I'll just address it off the podcast. I'll be professional. And Peter's like, but it's great for the podcast. Let's be and, petty. And speaking for somebody who has two successful podcasts, I don't know. Maybe I'll go ahead and we'll air the grievances and, uh, and we'll get it all out there and your listeners can join in on the fun. So the drama that I wanted to, uh, that I wanted to present today to you, Kyle, was when I was sitting with, with Peter at the restaurant. We were going over the schedule as to what day that week we would have the podcast. And it varies every week because my schedule is all over the place. Since I'm a freelancer and I have eight different jobs, the schedule can be a little bit hard. And it's tough to schedule then with a studio and then with the guest. So, I mean, I'm not complaining at all. Doing this podcast has been one of the best things in my life in the past six months because it's complete creative control and we have a lot of fun, but it can be complicated. So getting Kyle and I on the same page is the first step and that can always be kind of complicated. So we're going over what day that week would work. And Kyle had said, well, I can do it any day, but Wednesday night because I have a date. I don't feel like that's a big problem. And I said to Peter, what the fuck? Because, yo, how is his dating life getting in the way of the schedule of the podcast? Listen, if he has a date and well, and here's the other thing. That was the only day that week we could really do it because we have scheduling conflicts with the studio, too. And that week we could either only do it at 1030 in the morning on Wednesday or 830 at night on Wednesday. And I couldn't do it Wednesday morning. And Kyle was like, well, I can't do Wednesday night because I have a date. And this guy literally hasn't had a date in the past, like, four years. So, like, now it's going to conflict with the podcast? Like, what the hell? Four years seems a little bit out of proportion. I feel like you're exaggerating. Getting the viewers on your side very quickly. (laughs) I guess I respect that. No, they'd probably sympathize with you because they'd say, if the guy hasn't had a date in four years, might as well let him go have a date. I think that was the first one in six months. So let's put that in perspective. Okay. and I'll agree with that. How many other times... Aside from that one where I was just like, you know, I really can't do it this week for one reason that is personal to me. I'm pretty sure I when you were like, oh, we're going to record with Joe Budden at 7 a.m. And you looked at me like, is that cool? Knowing that I've never woken up at 7 a.m. in my life. And I said, yeah, let's do it. That wasn't an issue. But it's not like you were like, hey, I have a date. Any chance we could maybe try and work it out? You were like, I can't come. The podcast can't happen because I have a date. I was very excited for the date. I, yeah, I could tell. I was very excited. And what did you end up doing on that date? We went out for drinks. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you couldn't have done that after the podcast? I, I suppose. It was an 8 o'clock podcast. You yeah. guys were having like early bird drinks. That's true. I suppose we could have, but there's also the fact that you and I work ridiculous schedules, yes. not like the rest of the world. So I was sort of being accommodating to people who usually go to bed at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, whereas I'm up till 4 a.m. every night. Yeah, well, being professional podcasters, we have to work around <laughs> everyone else's schedule. But I So I you mean, have you had one grievance that was a one-time thing. Okay, you know it's fine. You're the host. I'm just the lowly producer. I'll I'll listen, take it. I'll take you, it. If you had come to me and said, "Hey, listen, I've got a date on Wednesday. Is there any way we can maybe do it a little bit before or a little bit after?" But you were like, "Not on Wednesday. You had to block out the entire 24-hour period of the day of Wednesday I, because you had drinks for a half hour." You're, of okay. Time. First of all, half hour, not true. It was like a 2-hour ordeal. By the way, how did that date turn out, by the way? Uh, I don't think I'll see her again. Yeah. Um <laughs> You're doing this thing that you I You make noticed. sacrifices for the podcast, Kyle. That's a good point. Uh, Not the other way around. Alone forever because of the podcast. Um, <laughs> you, you're you doing this thing that I notice a lot you're of people like do. You're like in the office where he sacrifices his whole life for yeah. just work. You, you do this thing that a lot of people do where you read text and emails with emotion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can't do that. 
Okay. So, dear, dear listeners, you have to. This is a life lesson. Anytime you get a text or read an email, you have to read it completely monotone unless someone tells you, like, you know that person's voice. But I Just, know your voice. You're yeah, on my podcast. You, you also mean? know that I'm incredibly sarcastic. So right. when I say can't do it, got a date, like just read it. Just read it like that. It's not, there's no, you know, it's not me being a dick or anything like that. No, All I didn't think you were, texts, no, I read that a hundred percent logically. You this, had, you had a date, you couldn't do right the podcast. Now. I wasn't reading it any other way. Like, oh, it seems like it's bothered oh, you a little bit. It seems like it bothered you just a little bit. No, it bothered me because you were putting something else ahead of the podcast. And by the way, this was like a Tuesday when we had this conversation. It, well, this wasn't like three weeks in advance or no, I mean, not every date has to be three weeks in advance or even like a couple days in advance. It was like the next day and you're like, no. Nope, can't do it. To be date. fair, I'm pretty sure. By the uh, way, this was like a Tinder date, right? Yeah. What else do you do? I know. I'm just jealous that I you, missed. I know you missed out dating. the whole Tinder thing. I know. Thing. I did. I'm so upset. Yeah. That's something that you didn't really get to experience, and now I'm living the dream. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So one Tinder date in six months that right. didn't go well Calm and down. fucked up the podcast. Second grievance what, that I need to air with you. What are we doing that week? Because we did do the podcast that week. Yeah, and probably somebody really awesome like Victor Cruz, and you got a signed jersey. So. That was definitely that worth wasn't doing. Even the, this, over was like, this was like three Tinder weeks date. ago. This was like three weeks ago. Well, it was somebody awesome. And Victor everyone Cruz, we have well, on this podcast is awesome. That's true. So all I know is we ended up doing the podcast anyway. It wasn't, it wasn't this that big of a deal. With no guess. <laughs> that's you know this is going to be fine. It is. That's what she said. That's and right. for a long time we've had. That's what other people are saying. Today this is all about you. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of talking. Yeah. So let's go. Next grievance. Next grievance is. That dude, you can't tell people that Peter books guests for this podcast. One, it's not true. And two, even if it were true, and it's not, you make us look stupid. Okay. When someone asked me, and one of my good friends says, how did you guys get Victor Cruz That's on? That's not what you said to me. That's not what you said. You said your friend said, how do you get these big time guests for the podcast? And if you go back and look at our list of guests, we've gotten a lot of big time yes. guests. And you said, through Peter. Well, and that's not true. Well, I guess in the moment I was thinking of Victor Cruz. Like I, I, when that but was said Victor, to me, I was just thinking of Victor Cruz. But Peter didn't book Victor Cruz for our podcast. Yeah, but didn't he kind of help out? Victor Cruz showed up to my birthday, which you were at, by the way, and took a picture with him. Yes. At, thank right? you, Alexa. Okay. Showed up to my birthday and I went up to him and said, hey, Victor, would love to have you on the podcast. And he said, all right, let's make a trade. You get Peter on my podcast and I'll come on your podcast. So... Peter did us a favor kind of to get him on our podcast, but we also did Victor a favor because he had wanted Peter on his podcast for a while. So, it, I mean, it works mutually. But then I ended up contacting Victor's sister, who is his manager, and we worked through it and had him on the podcast. But in no way was Peter involved in any of that besides him and Victor having a previous conversation to which he was going to go be on his podcast anyway. And Victor just said, you lock that down and I'll lock down coming to be on your podcast. From now on, I'm just going to exist in silence. Okay, what else? Who else is who else is Peter conveniently booked? He's uh, given so he's got contacts, right? So of course. Let's Peter, say Don Peter's LeGregor very, on his show, right? Yeah, very connected, Peter. I'll say, Peter, what do you think about having Don on the show? He'll say, I don't know. Here's his email. You ask him, which is exactly how it should be worked out, and then I take it from there. Okay, well, that is what you do, right? For, for everyone, this is the behind the scenes. She goes, I have an idea, right? And we've also had these sort of meetings between Alexa and I, where we just go. Let's just tweet people and send out emails, which... I slide into so many DMs, you it's are, really yeah. inappropriate. Yeah, I don't... I, I send professional emails, you just go the Twitter route. <laughs> you sent one professional email to Chris Wyden, and he didn't respond. I'm so upset by that. I thought it was a really well-written email. I sent yeah. professional emails. Yeah. You send one. By the way, we need to get you more uh, getting out those professional emails, because one day somebody will respond. I hope so. I don't know when that one day will be, It'll but do it will happen. It'll do a ton for my ego. Just to have one person just respond to the email. Yeah, because if nobody's going to go on a Tinder date with you, at least they'll respond to a professional email. Uh, we've already established that I got at least one, so. Are right. we done crushing me on this podcast? Well, the other thing is, I just want you to understand, for future reference, if anyone <laughs> asks you how we book guests on this podcast. I'm going to say magic. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not going to work out for me. Um, if for So for future reference, when somebody asks you, how we get guests on this podcast. What Alexa do does everything, and I'm not really sure what I do. You send out one professional email. All right, we're good. We got this now. Okay, good. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> how about we talk actual sports, since that's generally how we've built the podcast. Let's do it. So, NBA playoffs are currently happening. Uh, Jesus, the Thunder are up 3-1 on Golden State, which is insane. Can we 
pull all the clips where I said why even bother playing the finals and just give give it to the Warriors just to make me look like an idiot? Yeah, we can do that. Because and we can also pull the clips of me saying that Golden State to me has just been boring this this season and mash those up all together. Yeah, we've been a bit wrong, at um, least in this moment. Yeah, well, game four was on Sunday, and <laughs> I tweeted that I was going to watch Game of Thrones over the NBA, and I got crushed by Twitter. So here's the thing. I don't normally tweet out things that are kind of snarky and just because I know what, what Twitter is going to do. And usually it's not a smart idea because Twitter wins or the internet wins every single time. But for some reason I was feeling snarky, wanted to brag about how big of a Game of Thrones nerd I am. And so, and I don't know why I thought this was bragging. It's not. But I wrote, let me search for this tweet. I wrote, I'm really upset I'm going to miss an hour of Thunder Warriors for Game of Thrones. The sacrifice must be made, but I'm not happy about it. Like, what a loser. Why would you tweet that out? Well, because Game of Thrones is awesome. Game of Thrones is awesome, but I had to, like, brag that I wasn't going to be watching sports. As a sports reporter, that's a dumb thing to do. And also... Like, this is 2016. Why do you have to choose one over the other? You have a computer. Get it out and watch the game. Well, I'll tell you why you have to choose one or the other. Because in two things that you're invested in, you're only really paying attention to one of those things. Well, and that's the problem. Especially with Game of Thrones, it's so good. If it was a baseball game, I could see you being like, oh, I'm going to have Mets Nationals on in the background and watch Game of Thrones. And when a, a home run happens or I, like, see commotion, I can hit pause on Game of Thrones look over and see what's going on in the game and then go back to Game of Thrones. But with basketball, it's so much back and forth. You're not really, you know, paying attention to that and Game of Thrones at the same time. So one, you sacrifice one for the other as it was. Well, right. And so I got crushed. People were like, you know, have you ever heard of these inventions called DVRs? Um, No DVR. HBO Go. Watch whenever you want. Watch Game of Thrones tomorrow. Nothing better than live sports. And... I actually had Twitter change my mind. I was like, whoa, these people are killing me. But it made me think, like, shit, I do have a way to watch both at the same time. So I pulled up, you know, TNT on my laptop and had that on and then watched Game of Thrones with the sound, obviously, on my TV. And I wasn't fully invested in the game, but at least I could glance over. I saw the kick to the nuts. I saw that go, you know, down. And I heard all the audio with that and the replays of that. And I was able to watch the full episode of Game of Thrones. And then obviously once Game of Thrones was over, I turned on the, you know, the audio for the game. So I, I was able to do both. But the, the, the point is, don't ever tweet anything out that you don't want backlash on because the internet is going to kill you every time. And they're constantly searching for people to kill. Always. There's never not a victim out there that they're looking for to try and prove wrong or say something snarky back or just crush you for whatever reason you think you're being cool. You will be whittled down to nothing so fast because people are just searching, like literally trolling. I mean, that's what it is, are trolling the web looking for people to talk shit to. And that's what they did. I still feel like you made the wrong choice. What? What do you mean? You should have you should have either watched the game later, like sort of in an on-demand situation or DVR'd it. But I like having Twitter next to me while I'm watching the game. Then you should have like waited to watch Game of Thrones, I think. And then like, so. But if I'm on Twitter. I know. That's a, you that's can't a hard be one. On I think Twitter you have to, you have to sacrifice Twitter. And I feel like people will be okay agreeing with me on that. Sacrifice Twitter. Watch the game with just you and Peter. And then afterwards. Peter wasn't home. Okay, I was so alone. It's just you and Bear. Fine. Right. And Bear offers nothing in that circumstance, oh, if he, you can believe it. He looks at you with his little weird face, but. Shut up, Kyle. It's the cutest face you've ever seen. He is adorable. So, no, but uh, yes, I understand. And people would agree with you that I should sacrifice Twitter. But the main thing to me is I like the outside connection world without having to be outside in the world. So I I can feel like I'm connected with other people and we're all watching the same thing and everyone's commenting on it, kind of like we're at a bar. But I get to be in my PJs in my living room drinking wine. Yeah, and you're trying to avoid the Game of Thrones spoilers, too. I I don't know. I would have stayed off Twitter. This was a big episode of Thrones. Well, and every episode now is a big episode. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. There's not one episode that you can really avoid or miss or, you know, or skip. And if you try and avoid it on Twitter, first of all, that's a risk that you have to be willing to take because you can still, somebody can still text you and whatever. If somebody knows that you're that big of a Game of Thrones fan and text you about the episode while it's going on, that's your own fault because you've put out there that you're a big Game of Thrones fan. I go into a cell phone blackout for one hour every week. And that's yeah, what Game I of can't Thrones do is that. Like. Nope, the phone is just off on the side. You know, my usual group chats, I just tell you, hey, um, I'm just off. I'm not going to respond to anything. I'm going to watch this episode, and then I'll be back. I like being like, holy shit, did you see that? No, oh, that was crazy. I don't want that. Did it happen in the book? Yeah, it did, blah, blah, blah. We like, can have those conversations after the episode. That's 
that's the more important part. Like, let me watch this and digest it, and then I can have a... I can't, because after the episode, I have to watch Silicon Valley, which is such a good show. Plus, helps me sleep, because especially what happened with this week of Game of Thrones, it was so intense I know. that I needed something to calm me down before I was able to go to bed, and that's Silicon Valley, and I can't talk during Silicon Valley either, because... That's another awesome. Uh, I, I can send show. I can send texts during Silicon Valley. It's a it's a comedy. I'm not thinking about it nearly as much as I am. No, when it yeah, to but I can't have full on conversations about what's going on in Game of Thrones sure. because if you miss something in Silicon Valley, you're missing a pretty good joke, like a snarky joke, which is what that show is. Yeah, it's all very quick back and forth. Right, which is with but with Game of Thrones, that's not the case. You could have the faceless guy talking for five minutes, and he doesn't really ever say anything, and you could you know catch up on what just happened. The, the um, episode uh, the scene before. So anyway, I got a lot of shit for that. Um, but it, I mean, it was just it was an amazing game, and so it'll be really exciting to see it's what been happens an amazing from here. Series. It's been an amazing series. So you know, I remember four years ago when LeBron and the Heat beat the Thunder in the finals, and that was such an important game because it was this Thunder team that everyone was saying was too young, was overmatched, wasn't ready still building, and now all of those characteristics are completely washed away from the Thunder, and they're looking not only at a Golden State opponent who is formidable, you know, who was the best in the regular season, they want to beat that team to go on to face LeBron again and have a rematch again with LeBron in the finals. So if that's their ultimate goal, I mean, they are handling this task the exact way that they need to, which is to defeat Golden State, which everyone thought was impossible, and they have proven that to be the opposite, and they're going to get their rematch, which Whoa. is which is going to be amazing. But the question also is, is that the best matchup for the finals? Because everyone was talking about LeBron Curry, and then you look at the Thunder, and they were like, no one wants to talk about us? Fine. Don't worry about it, because we'll get there without anyone talking about us. We'll be there, and it won't be a problem. Once we beat Golden State, then everyone will be talking about us. You'll see. Slight side note for those of you who aren't currently up to date with everything basketball. Uh, Alexa's currently disregarding Toronto, who are 2-2 two and two with the Cavaliers. So it's not a given that the Cavs are going to be in the finals right now either. I mean, Thunder Raptors would be so stupid and I, insane. But that's sports, you know, like... No, I'm not saying. I'm listen. I am not disregarding the Raptors at all. I'm just saying there's not much of a storyline. No, not, that interests I, me there and interests the well, world. Interests you? In terms I think of, Toronto might be a little bit excited that the Raptors are in the finals. Oh, for sure. I mean, Canada is behind them 100. percent Drake might lose his mind. Yeah, oh, that guy. I just want him to go away. That's honestly probably why I don't want to address <laughs> it on the podcast. He's. I mean, he's just like the worst mascot possible for that team. How many teams does he support at this point now? Like a million. Every one of them, and it's it's gotten a little uh, sick. No, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not disregarding them, but for the overall state of the game and what people would be most excited about, besides Canadians, of course, who don't really count, would be a LeBron, you know, Westbrook Durant or LeBron Curry matchup. Yeah, I think. Well, everyone sort of thought it was going to be LeBron Curry going into the season, and then throughout the whole season, the way both teams have played. But when you look at it right now, the Warriors are not the Warriors we saw all season long and the thunder to their credit have just completely outplayed them completely outplayed them and a lot of it has to do with all of the other guys that that are on the roster the I mean, role it, players yeah exactly that's the word for it i mean stephen adams who's a kid that was drafted I mean, he's 22 years old he's one of 18 kids you know there are 18 kids in his family they can have two basketball teams enough for him to practice as it is growing up. I so mean, yeah, you've got... That's why he's so good. Three starting five. You could, yeah, you just rotate and, and kick each other's ass. Plus, to be able to be noticed in a group of 18, you really have to stand out. You have to, you know, make yourself heard and make yourself be known that you're there because you could be forgotten really, really fast. It's a big family. Yeah, I think his sister is a Olympic athlete in the sport of shot putting. Which is really unique and absurd. Anyone else in that family who's like notable who does stuff, or did they just like sort of are, outshine everyone else? I think there are a couple, but there's those, just sixteen jealous faces staring at them. They're the two main ones, but I think there are a couple. But those are the two I think that have managed the most success. And then Dion Waiters is on that team, and remember he was terrible in Cleveland, but we watched him play at Syracuse for 
uh, when he was there at SMY, we covered Syracuse pretty hard, and he was really good there. And I remember people being Gary Apple probably knows everything about Dion. Waiters. Yeah, exactly, and loves the guy. And then when he got to Cleveland, he just you know he really struggled, but he's really turned it around with this Thunder team. So it's been really amazing to watch. Plus Randy Foy, who's somebody I was reading about today. Uh, I remember watching him on the Wizards. And he's really contributed. And as Cantor, uh, with you know his offensive rebounding ability, there are just so many great role players on this team that are outplaying the role players on Golden State. It's all been about Steph, but he's slightly hurt right now, which you can say could you know participate in the storyline of he won't be able to reach the ultimate pinnacle because he's hurt, and you know that'll kind of be. Um, an asterisk next to why he wasn't able to to win the championship or get to the finals, which is fine. But guess what? There's injury in every sport, and that sometimes plays along in the storyline and sometimes doesn't. For the best player, for the MVP, it probably, you know, it's going to be a, a big storyline. But he also plays through injury very well. So I don't know. To me, I would be very excited to see. I'm a big Kevin Durant supporter. I'd be very excited to see KD and LeBron face off, especially just, for that rematch. I just think a lot of the series has come down to the role players of the Thunder are out playing the role players of the Warriors, which was a big part of why the Warriors, you know, it wasn't just Draymond and Curry who carried the team. Everyone on the Warriors all season long did their parts in different games when they needed to. You know, uh, one of our friends, Halter Igudala, is like his arch nemesis, but on the Warriors, he's I had, AI, by he's the had way. games. The real where, AI. Yeah. Just kidding. He's had games <laughs> where he's stepped up and been that guy in those moments. What you're not seeing this series is those guys being the guy when they need to be in those right, moments. Right. Like, where's Sean Livingston? Yeah. The, where is Andre Igudala? All where those guys these... on the Thunder are doing their job while the guys on the Warriors. And Draymond Green's kicking guys in the nuts. Like, what, what are you doing? You guys are a championship caliber team, you're playing like babies. If you want to step up and get to the finals, this is not the way to play. And you've got a lot of guys on that bench who can play really good ball, and they're not doing it. And if you want to step up for Steph, who has carried you on his back this entire season, now's the time to do it. Otherwise, you're not getting to the finals. And it's going to be in completely wasted regular season. You have the record. You won 73 regular season games. For what? For nothing. Talk to the Patriots. It literally does not matter one bit. You, you guys are going to be, you know, a footnote in history or you're going to be, you know, on the top of the charts, whatever, for the regular season. That never matters. It only matters what you do in the playoffs. And right now, they're not doing what they need to do to get to the finals. All right, let's move on to what happened last night, which is me feeling like I was not a sports fan for the first time in my entire life, which was a bizarre feeling. Peter and I went to the premiere of the movie Pop Star, which was the Lonely Island Judd Apatow collab. And it was really funny. I really liked Andy Samberg. He did a really good job of acting. And to me, he's never been a phenomenal actor. I've never thought very highly of his acting skills because I always felt like he overacted. And somebody made a really good point of like, well, that's what SNL is. It's sketch comedy. They're supposed to overact. But even in Hot Rod, I liked Hot Rod, but I felt like he was overacting then. Here, there's a lot more emo storylines, and he pulls them off really well. Have you watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine in any capacity? Yeah, and he's actually gotten better since Hot Rod. He's gotten better yeah. at Brooklyn Nine-Nine at his acting. And this is just kind of like the pinnacle for me. Or where I mean, he's got a little, you know, he's got some, some growth, some ways to go. But he was really, yeah, I thought he was really strong. He was really good. And it made me really like him. Um, um, and the movie was funny. I mean, I'm not going to obviously give it away, but it was really funny. Go see it. It was, we had a good time. But what ended up happening was we saw the movie and then there was a bus that took us over to Tavern on the Green, which is a restaurant in the middle of Central Park. And that's where the after party was. So at the end of the movie, Peter jumps on his phone and he, he's a big Penguins fan. Peter is my husband, by the way, for those of you that don't know. Maybe we should introduce that earlier when we were talking about him booking guests, which he doesn't do at all, dear listeners. That's right. Well... If you don't know who he is, I mean, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. You don't give a shit about anything. Wow. Um, wow. Um, not saying that in like a, you should know who he is, but just in relation to this podcast, I mean, we've talked we, about we him. We did have amount. him on at one point. Too. Right, yeah. right. Yes. He has been one of our uh, esteemed guests. How did we book him? In the past. Probably the week that you wanted to go on your Tinder date. Oh, okay. That's probably why I was bitching so much. I was like, Peter, instead of having you on, Kyle wants to go out with <laughs> some girl. Anyway, so at the end of the movie, he pulls up his phone and he's like, the Penguins are up 3-2 going into the third period. He's like, I really want to see the end of this game. I'm like, all right, well, I don't know what you want me to do. So he pulls up the actual game on his phone and we're boarding the bus to go over to Tavern on the, on the Green. And 
he, we had said originally, because we don't get to go out that much. Somebody was asking us on Twitter actually earlier this week how often we actually see each other, which isn't that often. So when we do get to go out, even though it's kind of an industry event, you know, we consider it date night. So he's got his phone out and he's watching the Penguins game. The Penguins, who, by the way, I have zero interest in. Mind you, not only did they knock the Caps out of the playoffs, so not, I mean, zero interest. I literally loathe them. But but two, hockey's not my my main sport. So for me, when we're getting ready to go over to the after party of a movie premiere, which was supposed to be really fun and there were a bunch of celebrities there, Peter's on his phone watching the last period of the Penguins game. And I'm like, dude, can you turn that off? Like, do we really have to watch this right now? And he looks at me and he's like, you consider yourself a sports fan? This is to go to the Stanley Cup finals. I'm like, I know what it's for. And I really don't want you to be watching it right now. It's date night, and I feel like we should be spending time together rather than you watching the last period of this stupid game on your phone. Do you think if it was the Capitals, you would have been in his shoes? Oh, my God, yes. Of course I would be. And that's literally the argument he used back at me. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. But you would say the same thing to me. You would say, hey, can you get off your phone? Because he's constantly saying that to me. Hey, can you get off your phone? That's li- I, I hear that in my nightmare. He repeats that over and over again because he says I'm just always on my phone. And I don't know. Maybe he's right. But I'm not always on it. So he's not 100% right. Um, I'm on my phone a lot. But I would be watching the Capitals and I would be watching it on the bus ride over and I would put it away once we got to the after party of the premiere. He didn't put it away. If there were 30 seconds to a minute left, I don't know that you would have put it away. You would have been watching just to make sure that your team wraps it up and nothing happens. So we we were going into the third period when we had gotten onto the bus. He was watching and then he put it away to walk into the movie. He didn't walk into the after party with it on his phone. But we grabbed a drink and then went to a little cocktail table and he pulls it out and he props it up like a little tent. Like, dude, Don Draper and Maya Rudolph are at this party. Fucking Michael Bolton is at this party, okay? Why are you propping your phone up like a little tent to watch the stupid penguins? I don't know. I was so mad. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone so excited for Michael Bolton. Oh my God, Michael Bolton was awesome. And the fact that he was there was just super great. And I looked up one of his songs afterwards that I was in love with and was karaokeing um, in bed after we got home. Anyway, that's a different story for a different time, probably for a different podcast too. And he, ha- so he's it's propped up, and he and he's just literally staring at it. I'm like, so this is a fun night for you and me to have together, and you're just watching your phone. But you didn't. You would have done the exact same thing if it was the Capitals or if it was any of your teams, but you're not that That's not the point. The Penguins suck. Hockey. Plus, he's watched enough of their teams and enough of their wins, and he's seen their championships, and I don't even know why he's a Penguins fan. He doesn't like Pittsburgh at all. He's not from Pittsburgh. I know that if it was the Rangers, I would have been doing the same thing, but I wouldn't have done it for any other team because as I've said to you many times, I don't like sports. I like my team's. And once they're eliminated, I don't care anymore. And now I feel like you understand what I mean by that as you were experiencing it. You were also a little bit upset because it was date night and he wasn't fully paying attention. No, I, but I do. I understand what you mean now. But I also have the desire to watch the finals of every other sport. Yeah, I don't, I don't regardless. get that. NFL is really the only one that I'll, you know, I'm not going to lie. I watched the Super Bowl and I watched the playoffs, but... The Stanley Cup, if the Rangers aren't in it, nah. I mean, if you were to tell me game seven or, you know, even game six to wrap it up, you know, the Kings are about to win the Stanley Cup. There are five minutes left in the third period. Do you want to watch? Sure. Just to watch him clinch it, just to see it, because it's kind of cool. Otherwise, I don't care. Like, I, what? The Penguins? Who are they playing? The Lightning? Fuck off. But you're no. also, you're still upset, though, because they eliminated your capital. Of course. Yeah. So then they score, and Peter has the audacity to turn to me and wants me to give him a high five. And I looked at him like, fuck out of here. No, I'm not giving you a high five. This is the team that eliminated my team that was supposed to make it to the Stanley Cup finals. The team that's supposed to win Lord Stanley's Cup. And I was distraught. And I don't want to watch the Penguins then go on to make it to the Stanley Cup finals and potentially win the Stanley Cup. I don't want to see their stupid faces. I don't want to see Sidney Crosby's stupid mustache again. And then for him to start smiling and like cheering and want me to participate in it. No. And then on top of that, he gets mad that I don't want to participate in all of his fun. He gets upset because I don't want to be like, yeah, go Penguins. I'm not doing that. Nope. Was it actual upset or like playful upset where he, he was, was like, what's wrong with you? you? I will support your teams all the time. 
I'm like, yeah, that's because you're kind of a traitor. Like when I'm rooting for the Nationals, he's like also kind of rooting for the Nationals. He's a Celtics fan. When the Wizards are playing, he's like, yeah, yeah, I like the Wizards too. No, that's not how it works. I mean, I guess some people have secondary teams, but like the, the Celtics aren't my secondary team. I like watching basketball, so I like watching the Celtics, but I'm not, not rooting for them over any other team because I am a Wizards fan, so I'm rooting for the Wizards because that's how being a fan works. I've never understood the whole idea of secondary teams. Like if Jets fans in the area, and I know if you were going to get pissed at this, if Jets fans were to have moved out west at some, like the Jets were to have moved out west, Jets fans in the area get to either stay with them and like say, okay, now I'm a fan of the LA Jets because I was a fan of the New York Jets, or you get to decide all right, I'm going to root for this team now, like a team closer. You you get the chance to pick. Like you're allowed to sort of readjust. I mean, yeah, right, which is why I get annoyed with him because I don't have secondary teams. I was a huge Orioles fan growing up, huge. And once they weren't good anymore, slash the Nationals put a team literally in my backyard, you know, and I ended up working for a company that covered the Nationals extensively. I became a fan of the Nationals. and I guess you get by with that one. And so, But I don't have any affinity for the Orioles anymore. For old school Orioles, sure. For Brady Anderson, Rafael Palmero, for Cal Ripken, those guys for sure. But like, I'm not a fan of Manny Machado. If the Nationals and Orioles play each other, I'm not like, yay, this is a fun thing that both of them are like, you know, I want everyone to win. I'm not like that at all. I want the Nationals to kill the Orioles. It's also a lot to do with the city because I don't want to associate myself with Baltimore because that's a Ravens country and I'm a Redskins fan. So it was very much, it very much splits Washington and Baltimore when they, you know, when the Nationals showed up in DC and some people converted and then some people didn't. And that's kind of, you know, and some people will call us traitors for the people who converted. And that's fine. If that's what you want to call it, I call it being an actual fan of your actual city. So, but yeah, the secondary teams can be pretty weird to me. I think they're a little bit bizarre, but the whole point was, I just didn't feel like a sports fan that night. And it was a weird feeling for me. I feel like I was very much outside of my own skin because I always want to watch sports no matter what's going on. But uh, I did also have fun watching Don Draper strut around the party. That was pretty cool. And Maya Rudolph is like my hero. So that was fun too. There were a bunch, of, there were some pretty cool celebrities there. I mean, SNL always brings out some pretty, pretty good guests. But it, it was more like for the first time ever, there's a sporting event going on and I'm not paying attention to it. And I was like, this is really bizarre. Not even paying attention. You just didn't really care. Right. Like at all. No. Welcome to my life. Yeah. If the Giants. But you like, you need to be more of a sports fan. No, but you I. You need to get involved in more no, sports. I, I like my I teams. Think. When my teams are playing, I'm into it. And I guess if we turned this into a soccer podcast, I could carry it for like four hours because that's the only sport that it doesn't matter who's playing. And that would never happen, by the way. Yeah. We, we should make that even more clear than we usually do. Nobody cares about soccer. I mean, the rest of the world does. Everyone in our bubble of America, they don't. But it's growing. The rest of the world doesn't give a shit about the NFL, the NBA, MLB. No, I think that they might care more about some of our sports than we care about soccer. But I do feel like that's changing. Slowly. Yeah. it's So slowly. it's, It's growing more. Yeah. And I don't even think it's growing more in that people love the MLS more. People are just starting to experience soccer around the world more and are just gravitating towards other teams for whatever reason. Yeah. All right, moving on. Matt Harvey completely exploding. I mean, just been terrible Something's recently. Wrong with him. He's got a six ERA, six oh eight ERA. I mean, the guy's just been awful. And there was a lot of talk about whether they should move him down to the minors or what they should do with him. Skip a start, and they decided not to. He's going to pitch Monday he, against the White Sox. Yeah, is I, what has been concluded. I don't think pitching his way out of it's going to help him. It doesn't seem like it, especially because. It's not his fastball velocity that seems to be affected. It's hovering around 94, 95, which is where Terry and, and Dan Worthen said they like it at. But it's that he's just, it's his mechanics as he goes through the game is becoming a problem. They're saying the first time through the lineup, you know, he's he's cruising. And he kind of struggled yesterday, though, in that first inning. Like, he didn't look, I mean, I know he got the double play to get out of it, but he just, it didn't, it looked like he was laboring. Right, but but in terms of, where the the stats are and how guys are hitting him the first time through the lineup he's holding his own and then the second and third time I mean it just goes downhill fast and I know a lot of people want to crucify this guy but if it has to do with how many innings he pitched last season I don't think it does 
Why not, though? What's, what's your explanation, then? Well, I mean, I guess just solely based upon listening to everyone in our area talk about it so much, and then, you know, hearing what Bobby Ojeda had to say about it. What did Bobby O say? Well, he said he can't, he doesn't know how to pitch. That's the, that's the soundbite. And then he elaborated, like, I, that would have been the headline, but he elaborated a bit more. And, like, he's always, Matt Harvey's been on the mound a bully. He's been able to blow it by people, and 95 isn't him blowing it by people. He could dial it up. We've seen it. You know, that game in Atlanta when Zach Wheeler debuted, Wheeler went out and pitched, and then Harvey comes in and he pitches, and he throws one 100 right down the plate. Right. You know, like he's always been capable of dialing it up when he needs to and then throwing in some off speeds that would confuse hitters. Right. What I think, I don't, you have to trust him when he says he's not hurt. Like he feels fine. He feels fine. I think it's in his head. It's it's all coming down to it's in his head. He might be overthinking too much. I don't think he's going out there and playing the game that he used to play for 15 years. Yeah, I, th- I mean they got to figure it out quick though. And because I don't, I don't think pitching him is going to help him. I think he needs put him on the 15 day DL. But it's not an injury, so what are you going to do with him? Just to I, rest him? I no, I, it's a mental injury. That's really what I think. And I'm for our good listeners, I don't know shit about shit. I mean, but, nobody does. That's the thing. That's the scary part. I Even think, Terry's like, I'm yeah, just can completely baffled and confused. I just think you give, you put him on the 15 day DL and let him get his head right. I mean, what you've had him pitch now every start, you know, he's made every start this season and he's not looking good. He's had one or two good games. Like, can we agree on that? Yeah. I mean, he's three and seven. That is not good. Okay. So I guess he's had three good games because he got three wins, but it's got to be in his head. If, if you trust him when he says, I feel fine, right? You, you, put out any sort of physical injury you let you put that aside yeah so what's what's the only other thing it could be it's in his head right but here's the thing i mean if he could be lying head, to everyone if, there could be something wrong with his elbow he could be lying but i don't think that's I don't the think case he would be because i don't think he would want people speculating that it's something mental when it's something physical that's that's the wrong way that you want to take that but here's the thing if it is mental and he wants to fight through it which i do respect a hundred percent but it's not working and sometimes you have to as the manager, but it's as the not GM. working. I mean, give him another outing. Give him Monday. He might bounce back. Yeah, this you, is this is so you quick. Might say Everyone that. is jumping down this guy's throat. Well, listen, he didn't do himself any favors last night either. Right. Yes, but also, if he's working through something, give him a couple starts to work through it. Everyone's ready to send him down to the minors. No, Are we kidding I ourselves? I don't think sending him down to the minors is the right choice either. I just think or skipping a start that screws up everyone in the room. Like, no, what? No, don't do that. No. Listen, he wants to fight through it. I feel like they should let him fight through it. Give him Monday, see what happens on Monday, and then go from there. Here's my only problem. If you want to fight through it and it is mental, you got to speak to the media. You can't duck the media. That is, and Terry's quote was, you'd rather not say anything than say something wrong. He could have at least stood in front of his locker and just been a dick. Like he could have just, yep, nope, yep. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Like he could have done any of that, but not showing up. But I think that would have been worse. I think people are uh, already out there calling him all kinds of different names. I think not showing up made him it worse. Fuel to the fire with actually, you know, with being a dick if that's what they're and if they're calling him that and adding to that wouldn't be helpful. I think if he just went out and be like, "Hey guys, listen, I'm going through something. Not sure what it is. Physically, I'm feeling fine. Uh, I, I just, I'm. It's not coming out. The ball's not coming out of my hand right. Um, mechanically, there's something going on. We're gonna fix it. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. And just, you know, share, show an air of confidence. Because if you really want to fight through this, oh, and that's, that's the same your post goal, game from a week ago. Like everything you just said, that's, that's the same shit from a week ago. But that's fine. But why are you going to give them more ammo to start speculating that you're X, Y, and Z, whatever you're a diva or you're overweight or you're out partying? Which all three of those are speculative. I mean, overweight. What? Who's to say that? He's a different weight than he was a couple years ago. But I don't think that's contributing to how he's pitching. Well, I don't think I don't think that he looks the same. You know. I remember a few years ago when we when we did when we were at SNY covering him. I think his first full season. They showed all those tapes of him, you know, running at the stadium with the heavy weights on his chest and everything, and he was really working for it because he had he wasn't there yet. Like he wasn't he wanted to be Matt Harvey, but he wasn't the Dark Knight yet. Right. Like he was the Batman Begins levels of you know the Dark Knight. Right. Um, and I mean, we haven't shown those kinds of tapes. I don't know if we have footage of that from like this year of him doing it, but it he doesn't look the same. 
Right. But I don't know that that is contributing. And maybe it is. Listen, I don't know exactly what the situation is, obviously. If Terry doesn't know, I'm not going to be the one who knows. But I just think that jumping down this guy's throat and and calling him all these kind of different things, even if they're true, let's say. Let's say he is a diva. Let's say he's going out partying. If, if he's trying to work through it and he's actually putting in the work, which, again, I don't know is the case, but I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because he didn't just quit and say, screw it, I can't do it anymore, uh, I'm going to fake an injury or I'm just going to skip a start. He told Terry, I want to be out there. I want to have the ball in my hand. I want to work through this. This is something that I want to do. And I admire him for that. I also think, though, that to go along with that, he should speak to the media. And it can just be a simple, here's what I have to say. I don't want to take any questions right now. I just want to put out the fact that something's going wrong. We don't know what it is. I'm going to work through it. I'm confident I'm going to work through it. And that's that. And he's not able to do that. And that bothers me a little bit. And I don't think he's obligated to speak to the media by any stretch of the imagination. Because I think a lot of guys, when they're, you know, when they don't want to speak to the media, that's their prerogative. But there's a difference between Marshawn Lynch saying, I'm just here because I don't want to get fined. And Harvey skipping talking to the media because one, Lynch talked to the media even if he didn't say anything. And two, it wasn't when he wasn't playing well. He just didn't feel like talking. I love Marshall Lynch so much. It's a, yeah. And that quote will play forever in the history of sports, right? But for Matt, it, he only decides to use the media when he's pitching well. And if you're not, then to skip, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I think that. If you want to, you know, put out an air of you're confident that you're going to turn this around, even if you're not confident in your abilities right now, the fact that you are going to work and change it and you're confident in that, you're confident in your your work ethic and your your ability to change this, that is something that you have to project. And if you're not able to do that, boy, that scares me a little bit. That's where my biggest fears come from. I don't. I think he has the ability to pitch. I think if he doesn't have the ability to have confidence in the fact that he can get it back, then we're all kind of at a loss. Speaking of the Mets, I talked to Zach Wheeler at spring training for about five minutes. When I was done all of my assignments, I, um, I had talked to him because he had mentioned listening to our podcast once. Super cool. And yes, which I was kind of shocked about because I thought nobody listens to this podcast. Not and true. why Zach Wheeler would want to listen, I have no idea. But he said correctly, well, you tagged me in it. So I said, touche. So here is what I talked about with Zach Wheeler. All right, Zach, welcome to the That's What She Said podcast. How you doing? Good, you? Good. How you feeling? Feeling good. Talk to me about what it was like to watch the team last year and to not be able to participate in that. Um, I mean, it was difficult. Uh, you know, I'd rather be out there, but, um, you know, I got hurt during spring training, had Tommy John, and, you know, it's a, it's a long process to get back. So, um, you know, it was fun watching these guys. And, you know, I was a fan for once. So that's kind of cool to be on that side of it. But, you know, I'd rather be out there, obviously. What's the difference between being a fan and being um, out there? Uh, you, I think you do a lot more like yelling and cheering, like just sitting on the couch. And I actually felt like a fan. I wasn't just watching it. So it was fun. You're pretty into it. Who do you watch the games with? Myself. Just you by yourself? Yeah, I was down here in Florida basically the whole season. So, you know, I'd come home from the field, find something to do until the game came on, and then turn it on and watch it by myself, you know, maybe have something to eat, and then, uh, I don't know. <laughs> if there was a camera in the room watching you, would you want to watch it back and be like, I look ridiculous watching it by myself because you're jumping up and down and stuff and reacting, or no? Or are you just quiet? Uh, no, I was quiet, but there'd be like sometimes something would slip out, I'd be like, yeah, or something like that, but um, nothing too crazy. What are you eating while you're watching the games? I don't know. Probably Chipotle or something like that. Yeah, there's a big Chipotle contingency in here. Wilmer was talking to me about how he's obsessed with Chipotle. Yeah. What do you get when you go there? I just get a burrito bowl, and then uh, and I'm a steak fan, so I get steak whenever I go there and just load everything on it. What do you eat when you're in New York? Oof. Uh, you have to get some Italian. You have to get the pizza. Um, I love Junior's Cheesecake. Yeah. So I go there a good bit. And uh, basically whatever I can get my hands on. I'm a big food person, so I like to eat. When you are around New York and you're walking around, do people recognize you? Do you get bothered, or are you pretty inconspicuous? Um, <laughs> I guess a little of both. I don't know. Like, you know, people recognize me, but at the same time, it's not too bad, so I like it like that. 
the um, emotional side of coming back from Tommy John and the mental part of it, what's that like for you? Um, Just like the day-to-day grind, kind of. Yeah, I mean, you know, I knew coming in it would be a long process. And then um, I knew I'd be fine getting my work done every day, like you said. Um, you know, I'd come in early in the morning, you know, get ready to go out there and throw, you know, heat up my arms, stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, get out of here by like 12. So I got the rest of the day to try to find something to do. And I think that's the hardest part rather than, rather than the rehab. So, um, you know, rehab's going easy and, uh, you know, I'm fine with it. What do you do around here? I mean, I know people go fishing and... Yeah, I mean, I was hurt, so I really couldn't fish. I couldn't bowl. Like, you know, there's that much to do when you have like a arm problem, so... Go to the movies? Yeah, there's a lot of movies that I watch by myself. Have so. you seen Have you seen anything good recently? Uh, no, I don't think so. I haven't been to movies in a while. And what What are you uh, eyeing in terms of a comeback date? Uh, hopefully, beginning of July sometime. Um, that's sort of what I'm aiming for, and sort of what the doctor said. So, just meet in the middle. You itching to get back out there? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So the interesting thing about what Zach talked about to me was Chipotle. Just kidding. Um, was the fact that he literally has nothing to do. And you don't really think about that with guys who are rehabbing, that they don't have any sort of activities planned. They have to just sit around and do nothing. And that must really suck. Speaking as someone who sits around and does nothing, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> but you, it's not but bad. But like you were talking about the carpal tunnel with your stupid video games <laughs> injury. You can actually physically do something, like play video games. He can't do that. He's not allowed to use his arm. I mean, I feel like... And by the way, he wouldn't be playing video games anyway. He wants to go out, be, you know, fishing and bowling and be a productive member of the society I mean, that we, we live we, in. We've got to introduce him to uh, an Xbox just to, you know, give him something to do because he just sounds like he's so upset about not being able to do anything. Anything, yeah. Get him a Netflix account or something. I'm like, there. yeah, do you watch movies? He's like, yeah, tons of movies. I'm like, you seen any good ones? He's like, no. Nope. <laughs> so, like, the guy, I just feel so depressed for him. Anyway, uh, there were some trade rumors of Zach recently and... I don't know anything about that, but I had just seen them on some of the networks. And I just want to say that as somebody who's been around Zach Wheeler a lot, he is a fantastic guy and he's funny, he's quiet, um, but he is always willing to talk to you and be um, helpful and cooperative. So it was awesome that he was willing to even just talk to me for a couple minutes and, and bullshit. And I asked him if he wanted to come be on the podcast and do a longer form podcast. And what he said to me was really interesting. He said, no, because everyone always wants to talk about the same thing. And I said, what's that? And he said, the surgery. Coming back, what it's like. And that's all everyone wants to talk about. I said, listen, we can talk about whatever you want. We can talk about, you we'll know. talk we about Game go, of Thrones. We We're can go really more in depth at Chipotle. And he laughed. So anyway, it just must be a really tough thing for him. So that's one side of baseball and sports in general that we don't necessarily think about that often is how tough it is for these guys in a daily grind who can't go out there and do the thing that they love. So we're, that's going to wrap it up. For the That's What She Said podcast, we end every podcast with an embarrassing story. So, Kyle, it's ah, your turn for an embarrassing story. What do you got for us? I knew this was coming. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I guess I'll go with the one that gets brought up often. I didn't really drink, you know, around the time when I guess everyone else did, when you and Kareth were talking about that last week. Yeah. I, I had my first beer, I think, when I was like three months from being 21, um, which was a Guinness, by the way. I love Guinness. So... Yes. When we're all graduating from college, I had never done that sort of binge drinking, put yourself to the limits, stupid college kid life. And around the summer of when, I guess when we're all 23, 24, when everyone's graduating from college, everyone had their graduation parties. So I go, the first one is my friend Carissa's. I go to her graduation party with my friend Mark, and it was an all-day affair. It wasn't like, a, oh, show up at 6, you know, have a few drinks and go home. Mm-hmm. Her dad bought two kegs of Yingling, which was awesome. I love Yingling. Yeah, it's great. We played beer pong all day, and my friend Mark and I showed up at noon. Party started, started at noon. We got there at noon. Mm-hmm. Drinking all day. Which is always dangerous. Yeah. In the middle of July, it's hot. We're not really drinking that much water. We're playing beer pong because even though we've graduated college, we'll still play the college games. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too bad. Like none of us were really feeling that bad. We managed to kill a keg in like four-ish hours Mm -hmm. and there weren't that many of us. We were off in the back playing beer pong. All the adults were up in the front. We kept going all day. One of my friends who I will keep nameless. No, tell us the name. 
He's going to be so upset. Do it. We blame him for this. Like I have somehow managed to skip all the blame of how bad this night went, uh-huh. and he's the one who's blamed. My friend Rich, uh-huh. he shows up, and he goes, I want to get Kyle drunk. Right. And Rich, what a troublemaker. I know. So his plan is to get me to the limit of dying, I guess, because this is how far we took it. He took it. And he goes, hey, man, let's do a shot of tequila. And at this point, I, I guess it was 7, 8 o'clock at night. I wasn't realizing how much alcohol I'd put into my body, and it was mostly beer. Uh-huh. I go, sure, let's do shots. We're going back and forth, shot for shot. And when I say back and forth, I mean I was doing shots, and he wasn't really. Oh, my God. And I thought, I guess, with this much liquor in me that I was Mr. Big Man, and we've made a note of how Mexican I am, that tequila, it's like water, whatever, uh-huh. I'm, I'll be good. Yeah. So I do a shot, he does a shot, then I do a shot, and I go, all right, your turn. And he goes, hold on. So I just, I just do his shot, <laughs> right? Because I was like, ah, I'm the big man. So I keep going. We drink a lot of tequila, and by we, I mean mostly me. Uh-huh. Uh, my friend John walks over and says, hey, would you like a gin and tonic? Not aware of what had just happened with all of this tequila. And I'm like, sure, I've never had one of those before. I drink it. Not a big fan of gin, apparently. I'm sitting down, completely unaware of what's going on around me. Somehow, Doritos ended up in my hand, Mm -hmm. and it was like a big, you know, super-sized bag of Doritos, and I'm just going to town on them. Mm -hmm. Someone notices I'm rather not all there, hands me a bottle of water. Very grateful for that. We're all sort of sitting around a fire at this point in the backyard. You know, just all of the friends talking. And I realized very quickly that everything in my system has to come out. And I can't say anything. I just sit there and it's like the scene from the poltergeist. Oh my God. Just a funnel of vomit just straight out. Oh my God. All over the fire. Like just the, <laughs> like it's just everywhere. It's just coming out and it's out not the stopping. Fire? No, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. It's just it's coming and there's no stopping it. And everyone's <gasps> just I, I don't remember all of this, oh by the way. God. I've just been told what happened. So like I, I really I've put it together now because I've heard it from at least nine different people of like their view. So I was able to like piece together in my head what happened that night. Uh huh. And, you know, people throw up from alcohol. That's not really that embarrassing. What's embarrassing is that, you, you know, the splash zone in uh, SeaWorld mm-hmm. where if you sit in those first few rows, they're like, you might get wet. Right. One person got a bit of splash zone. Oh my god! And it was the girl whose party it was. Oh my god! You threw up on the host. Yeah, that's like the number one party foul, Kyle. Right, and I didn't. I didn't Rich, know you were this. such a dick. Yeah, no, I've told him that, and like he's one of my best friends. I've told him that immensely. So like I didn't know that. I found out the next morning, and I went and apologized to her. The way I found out though was now I've never been a girl and gotten my hair done. But apparently, like, when you get your hair done, you can keep it for a day as long as you don't, like, the style will stay as long as you don't wash it, I suppose. Right. Her plan was to maintain her hairstyle for the next day. Uh-huh. And her mom tells her. You spend her, a lot of money getting your hair done, yeah. too. Her mom goes, no, sweetie, you got thrown up on this night. You have to, like, oh, you have to take a shower. Fuck. And she posted that on Facebook. And that's how I found out that it was my fault that she couldn't keep her hair done for an extra day. Good so, job, like, Kyle. I hope I, you footed the bill, Kyle. I went to her house and immediately apologized to her. And she was all, you know, she was laughing. She was like, no, it's fine. You know, that happens. And we all blame Rich. Good. So well, that's my embarrassing story. Uh, screw you, none Rich. None of the blame on you, you big alcoholic. It's all Rich's <laughs> fault. I mean... But tequila will get you every time. I have... It's so delicious going down. And I mean, I love tequila. But I've, so I've only thrown up coming back twice up. from alcohol. And that is one of them. Well, you, I think you covered it for the rest of your life. Yeah. You covered it enough. No, not drinking like that ever again. All right, Kyle. Thank you for that embarrassing story and for uh, letting me berate you on this podcast because that's always so fun for me. Both your embarrassing stories and yelling at you. You're welcome. Dave, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Audio engineer Dave was here with us today at Studio 54. And we're done. So let's go get a snack.